りつける重たいさだめの石にまるで押しつぶされて<laughs> Alright, welcome everyone to Joe Star All Stars, a podcast by four deflation nerds for all of you deflation nerds out there. As always, I'm Joey. I'm Grant. I'm Tim. And I'm Victor. I really thought you were going to go with shrink wrapped boat, but. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, that today we're really good, actually. <laughs> today we're here to talk to you about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Di- er, Golden Wind, Episode 6 Moody Blues' Counterattack. Moody Jazz's Moody Counterattack. Jazz. <laughs> uh, we do a little JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Watch along podcast where we watch each and every episode and uh, really just relentlessly make fun of it. That's what we're going to be doing this episode, right, y'all? Yeah, this, <laughs> yeah, episode, this episode's something else. Man, <laughs> like, this is some really big brain Iraqi shit right here. <laughs> Even for Iraqi, this is a lot. <laughs> like, every part of this episode is astounding. <laughs> <laughs> like the fucking I, truth, man. <laughs> I, I love it. I, 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 oh, we're going to get into it, because... Boy, howdy, is this something. <laughs> I can't believe this is the best stand fight in this series. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I kind of love it, but also it's incredibly, incredibly I... stupid. <laughs> this is the least comprehensible stand fight I think Araki has ever done. <laughs> and I don't think it's close. Nope. Which is which is incredible, Rocky. Amazing. You, you continue to outdo yourself. Oh god, I love it so much. But I can't help but thinking of that. Like, y'all remember dinosaur comics? No. Dinosaur uh, comics? Yeah, back from like 2007. No. Oh, I get to introduce this to you. Oh yes, Probably. actually I do remember oh, this because oh, it has that the four exact, panel comic. It's exactly the same like visual format every time, and yeah. Yep. Just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, okay. this one has just always been lodged in my brain. It's like, I like people who have sexual fetishes that can't possibly be realized using existing technology. Like, a guy who gets off of being inflated like a balloon and then flowing away. <laughs> so much for realizing that desire, Chuckles. Uh, I, I think of that a lot, especially in this episode. That's just, that's just like half of hentai. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just described hentai. <laughs> this guy gets turned on by an increasing or decreasing entropy in an cl- enclosed environment, <laughs> like unscrambling an egg. Yeah, I mean, we have a friend who um, I can't tell if they're being realistic or like uh, being. <laughs> I can't tell if they're being sincere or not when they said their fetish is a woman trapped in a room surrounded by uh, water balloons filled with orange juice. Oh yeah, that's a very specific fetish. And if she moves in any direction, she'll pop one. And you don't, and you know, you don't want the balloons to pop, but you really want the balloons to pop. <laughs> something about Wonder Bread. <laughs> yeah, oh something. About, I don't know. <laughs> this brings up that league quote for me. <laughs> Your fetishes are getting really specific, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's that's a pretty good tagline to this episode at Araki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just tag Hirohiko Araki for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let's that 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 has been me quoting web comics from 2007 for everyone else's pleasure. Y- are, are y'all ready for some JoJo's Bizarre Adventure tragic backstory? Again, no. yes. Again, we just lead in with all of this exposition that absolutely makes no sense and does not matter. Yeah, welcome, <laughs> welcome to this season. Buckle up. That, that, that's just the season in a nutshell. It's just like. Tragic backstories and flashbacks. 
Well, how are, how are you supposed to like somebody if you don't know that they have a horrible back like background, like their ch- like their dad hates them or something? You can't just make likable characters. You have to make them dicks and then have a tragic backstory <laughs> so you can relate to them. I mean, I mean, he was never likable. So it, it would be better if the tragic backstory translated into the character on screen in any way, shape, or form, <laughs> or if it was you know relatable or sympathetic. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> unlikable. Abakia started as a fucking cop. Yeah. <laughs> All cops. Are st- Especially in Italy. Look, you have to take sympathy for them. The police force couldn't even afford, like, uniforms, so they had to paint that bad boy on. <laughs> it starts off with, like, okay, yeah. Abakia's dream was to become a cop, and when he finally did, he realized how crime-ridden the city was. And you just see, like, a guy mugging somebody and then somebody stealing uh, like a moped at the same time and he's like oh no i have to save i have to stop one of these crimes and he fails to stop either <laughs> and, and kids break his cop cars yeah, yeah. <laughs> a guy like people in italy are fucking savage what happened like, to your rocky what happened in italy <laughs> This is this is a lot because he's disillusioned with the job because people don't appreciate him and a bunch of other bullshit the cops say. This feels sure. like the sort of city where like you, it's the reason why RoboCop exists. Like yeah, right. we're You're one right. step away from having a RoboCop because of this city. This it's like weird. to be fair though, looking at Abakio in this cop uniform, would you trust this man? No, no, Absolutely no, no, no. no. Not. Uh, I don't think. Oh. Well, I, I have a hard time trusting a cop to begin with, but a cop with purple lipstick on, uh, definitely would not trust. I think I his mean, lips might just be that color. It, oh, he should get that checked out then. It <laughs> yeah. looks like he's just about to show up to a bachelorette party. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair. He's got the body for it. Yeah, he does. He does. And, he's so. a, and he's legal age, guys. Yeah, yeah. he's like 21. Well, he graduated from high school before even becoming a cop. Like, he's... he's uh, Fully adult, even in this flashback. Wow. So, anyways, he's like, like... He's like the anime unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> Please, anime, just give us more hot people of legal age. Like, it's not Seriously. hard. It's you not just hard. Gotta change a number on a page. It's okay. You okay. call them as adults anyway. <laughs> you could don't, don't don't design a character and uh, that is clearly. <laughs> oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Don't worry you about it. You could have yeah. put my hero academia in college, you bastards. Yeah. But, sorry. <laughs> not to imply that there should be the thousand year old vampire lily situation. That is just still off also the fucking wrong. <laughs> but I mean, why 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 do they not do college stuff? And can we stop calling twenty two year olds like fucking old men? It makes me wither to death. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk Anyways. about fucking Abakio taking a bribe from what I can only assume is uh, Pimp Boingo? <laughs> like, what's with that forelock and head wrap? This guy uh, is... he, he looks like he's related to one of the people who served Dio at his mansion. Yeah. Is, is he looks like a stand user. Why does he need to bribe the cop? Just use your stand. <laughs> <laughs> the bribing was easier. Maybe his stand is really convoluted. You know, his, his <laughs> like he can wrap an entire ship with another ship. <laughs> no, hold on. no jumping ahead because we will unpack that when we get to it. Right? Sorry, <laughs> he can wrap a much. police car with a police car. 
yeah, he bribes off Abakio, uh, and Abakio just takes the bribe because he's so disillusioned at this point. If uh, look, either I take the bribe here and let him go, or he goes to jail and gets off on bail and then gets off with no charges, like in three days. So, like, I might as well take the bribe. I guess. I don't know the the Italian legal system well enough to comment on whether this is appropriate. But I, that's not what bail is. He gets out, but I, he has to come I, back. He has to come back. He has to. I don't know, man. I don't think Abakio like Abakio should have gone to college or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe he shouldn't have become a cop. I don't maybe. know. So we, we got, inspired him to become a cop. We don't really get that motivation. No, we don't. <laughs> and it's never mentioned I feel like again. that would be an important character trait right there. You would I, think. <laughs> look, this is only here to, like, go double down on him being a detective later on. But he's with not his even a detective. With his he's not even a police detective. He's just I, a beat cop. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, like, you know, all of those uh, noir-style things. It's always, like, a former cop who's the shitty, drunken detective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I guess. What, I, I, I see you, it. I see it about I, I a Rocky it. employing a real trope. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> Are you saying that Avakio should have had like a fedora? Probably. Yes. I absolutely. think he could have rocked it. He yeah. absolutely could have with that yeah. star on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Actually, in the purple Fuck lipstick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're here. And then like. Moody Jazz would have been a pretty good name for a standstill. <laughs> Hell yeah. So so anyways, uh he he he's like reporting to the scene of like a break-in uh, at some point and he sees the same guy he took a bribe from earlier who he should have thrown in jail, but instead he finds him in a dead body with like a bullet through its head. <laughs> Like, Five how, seconds later. And he's like, whoa. Yeah, because the guy's still dressed the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> One change but, of like, I, I, I watched the scene and instantly, like, I rewrote it, like, seven different ways that actually make sense. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, okay, so the guy's like, hey, man, you know, you, you can't you just pretend you didn't see me? He's like, all you have to do is shoot this guy. Yeah. But like, yeah. Like, all you yeah. have to do is shoot this guy and be like, he had a gun. Yeah, he had a gun. And he had it. it's like <laughs> at it's any a, point Abakio could have shot this guy to death and it would have been scot free. Considering how bad crime is in your, in your city, there's no way a police officer would get investigated for this. Like, <laughs> it's like my dad used to tell me about this one prank that he and his uh, brothers used to pull, like you know, just kids in the like his small town used to pull, where they would go to like an overpass and as a uh-huh. car was coming through, they would like drop like a like a stuffed dummy like onto the car and then have a kid run like when the the person like stops because they think they hit somebody one kid runs out grabs the dummy another kid runs out and lies in the street and like acts really injured right and this is just to fuck with people all right like nowadays you'd be doing it to sue people but uh, this is an insurance scam yeah yeah. but this is and he's like but you have to make sure that the person doesn't like actually jam it into reverse so there's only one side of the story and that's exactly yeah. what should have happened here. There should have only been one side of the story. <laughs> like, fuck, uh, man, yeah. just shoot the guy. He's threatened. He's, he's blackmailing you. Just kill him. <laughs> also, like, even if you don't shoot him, why would Abakio... Well, this guy says he bribed you, did he? No. no. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah, he's a criminal. You're going to believe him? He had the witness of his prostitute. <laughs> It's like, and then even after his partner, like, 
jumps in, takes the bullet, shoots the guy, and the you know the 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 crook is on the ground like ah oh, I'm so hurt. I'm I'm gonna die. Shoot it's him like, then. Shoot him <laughs> then. <laughs> this is mostly just making me mad about how naive it is. <laughs> just, yeah. Dear God, it feels like every fucking day we get some story about a cop just doing this. Yeah, just doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, they're so, shooting people who aren't blackmailing them. <laughs> like, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> to people who are like actual, just normal people and that shit. It's like this guy. So, Abakio's uh, midlife crisis hits real hard directly after this incident. Yeah. <laughs> he decides to get his fucking his outfit going, big old A. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Belt he decided buckle. to go with the deepest V. The <laughs> deepest V possible. Face first into a hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> to drown his sorrows. <laughs> I, I, I love this, like Bruno's mom meter fucking pulses somewhere. And it's like, I know, I know a drunk that needs help. Oh, There's yeah, we'll a young adult in need. We'll, we'll a troubled young adult. I must protect them. <laughs> He's like a fairy uh, godmother or something. She just like appears yeah. out of the blue. <laughs> no, it's... my son, stop drinking. Do crime instead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay, whatever, hallucination, let's go. <laughs> fighting gold time. <laughs> fighting gold. I, I can't imagine what's going through Abakia's head right now, because in the next scene, he's like, he's completely drunk off his ass. He's bleeding, like, suspiciously from some wound on his head. And he's just out in the rain in an alleyway, and Bucciarati just shows up with an umbrella and is like, hey, are you Abakio? <laughs> Come, join me. Join me. Come on, are you hungry? Let's and go, then- let's go, let's go eat. <laughs> Let's go get you some skeddy. It's gonna make it all feel better. Some skeddy. <laughs> Alright, so after fighting gold, we get back to the real episode. Was Here. that not an entire episode on its own? God, it felt like it. God, it really did. Uh, Let's watch Jorno yeah. get fucking stabbed again. God, this wound is pretty devastating. And then he's, he's just like He's paralyzed! Yep, it's just oh yeah, straight through a, the spine. We get a, a different angle of him being paralyzed. I don't know how you survived this stab through your spine. <laughs> Hell just, of a sacrifice bunt, though. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> maybe maybe he, the stand uh, doesn't actually hurt you when it stabs you. It just no. deflates you. No, it's hitting your stand instead. Oh, so, shit. the reason that he needs to make the sacrifice play is because, again... Avakio's an asshole, and he's like, yeah, he's I'm not solving bitch. this problem where Giorno can see. Yeah, he's being <laughs> a dramatic bitch. Giorno's like, okay, I guess I'll go die then. Giorno <laughs> <laughs> is pretty hardcore, though, right? He is, but why is why is Avakio like this? Why does he hate Giorno I so I can't much? trust he has, him yet. He has trouble trusting people. Why does Bruno tolerate this? <laughs> like, he's, seriously, because dude. Ab- Apakio has great uh, intuition, I guess. I mean, Look, yeah. He's really not that bad of a child. <laughs> he's 15 and you're 20, like, something, dude. Like... It's like a, a, a mom protecting her child. It's like, I know he's a sweet boy deep down. Look, I know my son is a serial killer, but I love him anyway. No, stop loving him. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not a thing you should do. You need to put your foot down. 
My love is unconditional as a parent, but my support is not. So <laughs> <laughs> they deduce that Jorna's still alive because the fly um, is still, still a around. fly and not a shoe. I'm not convinced that's how that works. But neither you know. am I because that's going to lead to some very terrifying implications later in the show. Like I, I just the two of you and everyone at home who's seen it, think about what Jorna uses his power for and what would happen if he were to just die. Yeah, it, it, it's <laughs> not a good thing. It's not a good scene. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Spicy. <laughs> it's pretty spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Victor. That will be bewildering, but we'll laugh about it later. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not convinced this fly is still part of Jorno's stand. Like, I, I know. <laughs> what the fuck is with this fly? It's just a different fly. <laughs> How does this man possess this fly? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good <sighs> fucking question for later. <laughs> um, we get some more sticky fingers, which is just the coolest stand. Like, yeah, I, I, I stand. love sticky fingers. It's such a great stand. The zipper effect is just mwah, every time. Sticky fingers! Like, it's, it has such a strong aesthetic and such a strong audio aesthetic, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you get the nice unzipping sound. It's so satisfying. And the power is just... It, it, it's it, the weirdly the most comprehensible power Araki's ever made. Yeah, it's such it's such a consistent power. I don't Everything know. I think I, Star Platinum might be the most. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, the punch good stand. The punch but I mean, good stand. No. Every time I see uh, Butcherati use his stand for something different, I can actually internal uh, internalize and logically accept. That that's an, a, a real use for his stand power, like yeah, like when he like unzips somebody and gets inside of them. I'm like, that's terrifying. I never would have thought of that, but I can buy it. Yeah, and I don't have to turn my brain off either. Yeah, I could be the, like, yeah, zippers. I get the it. Zippers do the heavy lifting. <laughs> this is easily like my favorite stand. Might be. Yeah, actually. Although, I do like Moody Blues a lot. Are you excited for Moody Blues? This thigh-high stand. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. um, Moody Blues can fucking work it. Yeah, Butcherati, like, uh, punches a hole into the cabin, and they fall in, and... He's like, all right, time to use your stand power, Moody Blues. Oh, my God. Oh, God, the effect when he summons Moody Blues is so good. Moody Blues? Oh, it's so fucking good, v- Victor. So I amazing. want. I, I, you're the newbie here. I want. I want your moody blues. Tell me your moody blues thoughts. Okay, so Please. you know how last episode you were you tried to get me to guess what moody blues does. Yeah, there is a negative percent chance I would have guessed this. <laughs> I know. Because what the fuck? This is broken as hell. <laughs> it's really strong. <laughs> Why does it just have information that nobody has? Like I. Just... I mean, it's a utility stand, which we just don't see that often, other than Herbert Purple. <laughs> no, we like... usually just see like aggressive stands, but this is like. Sh- only utility, but very powerful in its utility. Yeah. Boingo and Boingo had utility stands. 
Yeah, and that's true. Dear God, it shrinked that asses so tight and firm. Oh yeah, mm. one of the hottest stands. This yet. is a fuckable stand, <laughs> even though it has wiffle ball eyes. No, it has like a like. I also love it's the like look and the aesthetic on it. Phone receiver eyes. It's got like a telephone vibe to oh, it. Yeah, I love it, the it gives me the impression of like an answering machine or something. Yes, because it's got like the number on the headband sort of thing it's mm-hmm. eyes and uh, it's all of the sound effects on it are, like the t- cassette tape sounds <laughs> yep. as it like loads the deck very good <laughs> i love just how the... it prances around <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> just like kind of like jaunts around but then the the, the legs the legs. <laughs> that ass. That or do you ass. like thigh highs? I do. I do like thigh highs. How about that? Mm-hmm. Do you like it on your stands? Yeah. I like it on everything. Well, I didn't know <laughs> until this moment, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's into role play, and he's going to uh-huh. role play some Narancha. Yeah. 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 From five okay. minutes ago. Because the stand can just replay what someone did a time ago. I don't know what the time limit is on this, but they go there, back about five minutes. There is no time limit. It's <laughs> established later. Why the fuck could he just have perfect? Like, I'm going to find out what Julius Caesar did 2,100 years ago. Like, I <laughs> yeah, sure. you can do that, but he has to rewind through. Like, he has to sit there and rewind through the time. We, we we see this later. It's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> but I think it has to be like nearby where they were. Like, you have to know that the person was here at this time to do it. Yeah, you know? I don't. The specifics on how you activate it are unclear. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> this is a neat stand. It's I cool. like this stand a lot. Yeah. It's very I, cool. It gives us a lot of information. Let's mm-hmm. us do a reveal. And then it reveal. doesn't even actually figure the mystery out. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Welcome to Stand Fights, Victor. <laughs> what were you expecting? It doesn't do the thing that it's supposed to do. <laughs> The whole reason that we were using it. <laughs> we we eventually find out that um, the enemy stand is deflating people because <laughs> we get to see like a slow motion like uh, breakdown of Naranja getting breakdown. yeah breakdown breakdown of getting deflated. It's really yeah. creepy, really hot. No, are you are you into it? It has no an amazing sound effect. <laughs> The the balloon emptying sound effect. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Tim. I'm paused at that exact scene of just (laughs) Taracha. (laughs) Just, it's really weird that he can pause it and then Mukarati interacts with him. Like, he's all floppy, like a condom. Like a condom. Thank you for that that comparison. (laughs) It's just like, really, my dude? (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're choosing. You there are a lot of things. The whole world of comparisons to choose from. Oh, <laughs> well, we all know where his mind was. My favorite part is like they're always like looking right, like they're looking behind him at like where the fly is. Got to keep an eye on the fly. That's where the bad guy is. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I guess we get the splash for soft machine. By uh-huh. the way, and yeah. uh, like this is the only time we ever see the stand in full. Yeah. And it's, yeah. uh, it looks fucking weird. <laughs> it's, it's, Asparagus-headed it's, motherfucker. It's, it's a funny-looking stand. I like Cactus Boy. It, it's, yeah, I mean, it's fine. And he stole fucking Polnareff's fucking sword. <laughs> it's an Espada. Cactus Chariot! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. There you go. All right, but 
Moody Blues music reference, right, Victor? Yeah, the Moody Blues. Yeah, l- tell us about blues. No, not that. <laughs> oh. oh. Tell us about jazz. jazz. Yeah. No, jazz. not that either. No, that's an album oh. by Queen, in case you care. Really? Is that all jazz is? Okay. Yes. Tell us about the concept of moodiness. <laughs> tell us about Soft Machine again. No. <laughs> tell us about cactuses. Also, no. Welcome back to JoJo's Bizarre Western Music Reference, where this week we're covering the Moody Blues. Originally conceived as an R&B group in Birmingham, England in 1964, the band would eventually be known as a pioneer of art rock and prog rock in the late 60s and early 70s. The first iteration of the Moody Blues was a straightforward R&B-influenced group performing covers and generally making very standard 60s pop fare. In November of 1964, their first hit, which went number one in the UK and number 10 in the US, was a cover of Bessie Banks's Go Now. Her version had been released just 10 months prior and was not nearly as successful as the Moody Blues cover. Their debut album, The Magnificent Moody's, would be released in July of 65, but despite the massive success of Go Now, the album failed to chart, and the band would spend the next couple of years in turmoil. Two of the founding members quit, including Denny Lane, who sang lead vocals, played lead guitar, and was one of the two primary songwriters. They were quickly replaced, but this didn't really solve the band's problems. It was still a bog-standard group playing R&B covers in bars and failing to cover their bills. Something had to change, so the Moody Blues decided to focus on writing and recording only their own original material. They would release some singles in 1966 and 1967 that also failed to chart, but further sharpened their new identity. They started incorporating more mellotron and flute into their compositions and drew inspiration from classical music and their own experiences with LSD. The result was their second LP, Days of Future Past, a concept album that tried to depict one full day in the life of a regular, everyday, normal guy, with every track representing and named after a different segment of the day in order, starting with The Day Begins and ending with The Night. Days of Future Past is now considered an all-time classic, one of the first prog rock albums, one of the first successful concept albums, and according to Rolling Stone, one of THE essential albums in 1967. So it might surprise you to hear that critics really didn't like it when it first released. Rolling Stone called it an English rock group strangling itself in conceptual goo. And they weren't the only ones who felt that way. The album went to number 23 in the UK, but failed to make any impact in the US at first. See, the album's release coincided with the rise of FM radio, which is an entire segment on its own, but the point is there were underground, independent radio stations all over the country that were broadcasting music that was being ignored by the mainstream AM stations, and they tended to focus on whole albums rather than singles. 
Days of Future Past was a mainstay on these stations, so much so that the album finally hit its peak position of number three on the Billboard 200 a full five years later in 1972, alongside a reissue of the single Nights in White Satin, which never even made the Hot 100 in 1967, but went all the way to number two on re-release. Oh, and in those five years, the Moody Blues also released six other albums, producing four more top 40 hit singles in the U.S. Their sound throughout this period continued to incorporate psychedelic influences and orchestral arrangements, as well as non-musical recitations of original poetry written by the band's drummer. This is essentially the band's golden age, when they were at their most influential, and a six-year hiatus separates it from the rest of the band's career through the 80s and beyond. The 1978 album Octave was the last to feature contributions from founding keyboardist Mike Pinder, and the band moved toward a more modern synth-pop influence sound in the decade to follow. They continued to produce top 40 hits and even cracked the top 10 one last time with the 1986 single Your Wildest Dreams. This gave them the rare distinction of having exactly three U.S. top 10 hits, each occurring in a different decade. Okay, okay, I'm finally done baiting Moody Blues fans into thinking I'm not going to play Knights in White Satin in this segment. Of course I'm going to play Knights in White Satin. Knights in White Satin is incredible. I just really wanted to go out on it, so we're going out on it. Never meaning to send Beauty I'd always missed With these eyes before just what the truth is I can't say anymore Cause I love Victor, you know, JoJo's in white satin. Wink. Jotaro, huh? Hot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does mm-hmm. wear that, that white suit. Is it satin? Is it silky on his skin? Ooh. I hope so. It's probably right, not I, good for the water, though. Is that hair natural? <laughs> <laughs> it is the least natural thing we've ever seen. <laughs> so, I've got a really important question for y'all. I've got uh-huh. a good answer for it. All right. So I don't. M- Moody Blues. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you did it just right, you could fuck yourself with that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier. <laughs> what were you guys? I am worried about you. But I don't think you could ever bring your past self to completion. Ooh. And that's kind of disappointing. Well, could you the- just loop it again? Because then you could just also, like, play the future self now, but then you oh, get fuck. to act out the back Look, self. Fuck. You get to do it from both sides. <laughs> Whoa. That's past <laughs> me's problem, Grant. I'm worried about present me finishing. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. But Moody then- Blues seems to transmit its senses to Abakio. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This uh, is ends. a very, very upsetting <laughs> conversation if we take it to certain logical extremes. Like, what you're trying to find out who your ex cheated on you with. You know where they were, but you don't know who they were with. <laughs> and then you can fuck your exes. It's while uh... they're being fucked by somebody else in the past. <laughs> 
Yeah, that seems yeah. dubious <laughs> from a consent standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> even though it's technically your stand. It's your stand. It's fine. The stand, <laughs> the stand fixes all. It's the perfect condom. Like See, no, no, established. Not... Deflated humans are the perfect condom. Oh, um, y'all, y'all eager to like watch this thing go off the fucking rails? Oh, yeah, man. I'm totally oh, here for it. I, I, don't, I don't even know where the rails are anymore. <laughs> so I, li- I I genuinely like the stand fight because Abakio and Brew are a great team up to do like utility stand stuff. Like, all right, we got to find them. As Bruno's opening up the boat so they can look at him, Abakio's following him around this rewind. You can it's somehow tell where in the pipes he is because he sends his stand into the pipes. Yeah. Sure. Oh, we, we get the thing. We get the thing they haven't done since fucking Tiny Stands. Tiny yeah. Stands. Yeah. Tiny Stands. <laughs> it's oh canon. God. It is. It's confirmed that Rocky remembered how to do something. He did. I mean, no, that's no, 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 no. He wrote this not knowing that he had done it before. Yeah, that, that seems a lot more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's consistent then on this one thing. Yeah, but does Abakia look like he's straining? Does it look like it costs him way more energy to make his stand small? Like, it does, kind he's of. He's not a scrub, I guess. I don't he, know. He's sweating a little bit. Mm, could just be that it's sunny out. Yeah. He's, maybe or he's, he's just getting... a sweaty boy. That's why he has such a deep V to keep himself cool, but it doesn't work very well. <laughs> because he's wearing all black? Is it? Could it be that, maybe? Yeah, because yeah, he's like, wearing all black in the summer. <laughs> Uh, so the hardy boys here are trying desperately to figure out what's happening because they're like all right moody blues should be there in the pipe and they cut it open but moody blues isn't there oh where could it be but abaki was very sure that he's right there he's right okay there's no way the viewer could ever have guessed what happened oh it doesn't make any sense no physical sense whatsoever So, you know, let's just skip ahead so we can talk about it. What No, the you just... don't want to talk about the fly that talks to them? Uh, no, no, I do. I just want to exp... Okay, okay, fine. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Why is this fly talk to them? Because they, they're, like, starting to... He's starting to put the, the pieces together, I guess. I guess. Abakio has, like, some brainwave. He's like, oh, I've got it, I've but got I'm it. being attacked. No! <laughs> Call back your stand, you moron. <laughs> I Nobody am trying to ever dismisses their stand when it's under attack. Nobody ever does this. It's so weird. It's like trying to fast travel in a video game. If there's an enemy nearby, you can't you can't bring it back. Is it is it like a Pokemon battle? Now that now that the enemy stand has seen you, you can't call it back. Mm-hmm. You can't run away from this fight. It is so weird to me that you can't concede trainer battles and. Anyway, <laughs> it's to the death. Yeah, so Bucky is trying to call his stand back. It's not working, even though it's right there. It's right there. I, I don't think he's <laughs> trying to call call it back. He's he's laying his own trap. He's he? pulling his own jar. No, he's, he's not. He he's totally not, is. Abakio figures it out, and his plan is to bleed a lot so that. Bruno can figure it out instead of, you know, telling him, telling Bruno what the problem is. Using his words. You see, when I'm in JoJo, my plan is also bleed a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It still explains nothing about the talking fly. Okay, yeah. So, man versus fly time. Yeah, uh, Abakio gets got. It's fine because the fly is here to taunt uh, Bucciaretti with his own crew. 
And yeah, it's like, <laughs> I've already picked off the rest of your crew. Now it's just me and you. So the way I think this is going is uh-huh. he's just trying to freak Jorna out by going around him, right? I guess. And it's not, it's obviously not the fly talking. I don't know why we go into the fly and be like, hey, <laughs> this fly is talking. To, because it's not. It's the guy going around the boat talking at Bruno. Yep. And since the fly is near where uh, he would be, I guess it, it seems is the like point the fly of is reference. talking to him. Right. I, I guess. It's just the way it's framed in the show, it, lo- it makes it seem like the fly is talking. I, I know, and I had to, like, I had to melt some brain over it. I like I turned in some brain into the Iraqi store, and I got out this explanation. Oh, no. It's never you never get your money's worth when you it do was, that. It's no. never worth it. It's always a rip off. But I had to know. <laughs> this thing goes on for a long time too. It There's just a lot of this fly time. talking. About I like. I like the overlay of like just like a close up of uh, Bruno's face and the fly. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's like a really good out of context frame. Anyway, the same user's freaking out also. Like he is clearly oh, yeah. like unhinged here. Yeah. Just fucking losing it. And uh would you guys like to learn about sea cats? Sea cats? Sea cats. Yeah. yeah. Uh it's translated it's as black tailed gulls because that's what the yeah. English name for that bird is. Yeah, but, but uh it's no, umineko. you said they're seagulls, but they're actually black tailed gulls. I'm like, who cares? It's 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 umineko in Japanese. Sea cat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, Desire, yeah. (laughs) Do they actually meow? I don't know. I have no fucking clue. (laughs) They don't meow in the show. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, you can tell because they sound like nyan, nyan. Like, no, they they don't. (laughs) Yeah, no. But that's what... That's how the Japanese figured it out for them. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, so Bruno boats planes to this enemy stand user while the boat sinks. <laughs> because yeah. Because he, he zipped a hole in the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so he punched the hole all the way to the bottom with the stand, and it just he unzipped the bottom of the boat. Unzips boat. <laughs> I, and we get revealed that, oh, well, we picked the boat all the way on the left, but we see that the number on the boat is number two. I just assumed one which was means, out already. <laughs> which means there's two boats. <gasps> <laughs> and I'm like, come again? <laughs> As one boat hops out of the other one for some reason, because the man had deflated the boat and then layered it over the other boat. That's in not a how this No, I love it. It's like the insides are now Like one th- atom of difference between each layer of boat. And he deflated himself so much that he can slip into the spaces in between. This makes no goddamn sense. No. How? how what? <laughs> what is this? Iraqi. <laughs> what? And, and this one, I'm like, well, now you're just fucking with me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just said those words out loud. And I just cannot, like, I, why? My balloon power allows me to overlay physical objects on top of each other, then move between them. All right. You think Iraqi handed this script, uh, like this this rough draft, to his editor, and his editor just like looked at him. And like, eh, all right, whatever. <laughs> what I I really balloon scientist. So the scene of a rock of a Bruno just hanging off of the fucking. Uh, mast as the other ship slowly un- like 
I don't know, reflates from it. And, <laughs> I like, I like and, reflate. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> as it like uh, just another ship just appears. Like we we had a we don't know how to tell you that this is happening. So we're gonna have like the first <laughs> like, two. Like, visually, we cannot make this make sense. Yeah, like, David Production looked at this and was just like, "Yeah, you know what? Iraqi doesn't bother drawing this, so a uh, hard cut, hard cut. Yeah, it hard is. cut. It's fine." <laughs> And yeah, you know what? I, I, I Productions actually... typically spins gold from a lot of Iraqi bullshit. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, this, this is this is a lot. <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell you, I I didn't actually read the manga for this episode because uh, any time that I tried, it tried to install three thousand viruses on my like phone, <laughs> and I could not get it to work. Today. Drawing the head, oh, did you I'm get sorry. Four hundred thousand viruses. <laughs> yeah, I, tr- I tried my best. Uh, yes. So may- maybe it makes fucking sense in the manga. <laughs> oh, but, well, that's maybe. a bold prediction. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. I'm just worried about this yacht they just sunk. That they rent it. They rent it number one, and number one is clearly sinking over there. Look, I, I, why is it number two also sinking? I, I don't know. I do not know. <laughs> you, you didn't have to put any money down on it. You're gonna. You're about to have a big windfall. It's fine. You can buy another yacht. Yeah, no contract. I'm not liable. <laughs> <laughs> what other boat? God. And the other guy tries to do so the stand user comes out. He's wet and disgusting. Incredibly try- wet. The worst hair I've ever seen. In- incredibly stand user. He he tries to hold a Bakio hostage, but worst choice of hostage, dude. Yeah. Like Boudreaux is like, yeah, I don't even care about that asshole. If you stab yeah. him, you're fucking dead. You're fucking dead. <laughs> what are you gonna deflate him a second time? Your sword only does one thing, idiot. <laughs> And just do I, it. Just fucking do it. I fucking love the it. zoom punch of Bruno Zoom punch is back, baby! I love the zoom punch. He unzips his arm and throws it at him. It's great. I love it's this. Very good. <laughs> it's so fucking it's cool. It's so much more effective than Jonathan's. Yep. And, and, and when he like brings the arm back like it's a whip, it's so good. It's very, very and good. And then he unzips like, Zucaro's head! He yep. unzips, yep. unzips it from his body. And then we still never see alive. him again. <laughs> no, that's not true. He's still <laughs> alive. We see him again, we promise. <laughs> but uh, evidently, this deactivates his stand. So yep. uh, our, our boy, Abakio, uh, <laughs> reflates. If we get the reflating sound. <laughs> reflates. Okay. Also, I need to point out that Zucro makes some fucking wired back noises here. Ooh. Oh no! <laughs> like, like, listen to this motherfucker when his head comes off. It is, it is wired back energy. I'm not max. a Dorna. Dorna, Bota Jedi. But yeah, just <laughs> yeah, you're right. He does make a <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Oh, that one's good. I like that sound. Thank you. It's I definitely like, going in here. I do like this really tender boyfriend moment that uh, Bruno and Abakio have. <laughs> after right? <this>. Yep. <laughs> And then every time I close my eyes, we made it a Bakio. Every time we close, a Bakio opens his eyes and wakes up feeling so horny. Yeah, (laughs) can't get you out of my. But you, me, and Moody Blues have a threesome. (laughs) (laughs) You, me, and Moody Blues is you. (laughs) Ooh, the possibilities. 
<laughs> One sec. Bruno, can you hump just in the air for like five minutes straight? <laughs> we'll make it work, I promise. You have to be erect for this. <laughs> Whole time. Oh, I'm always erect. It's the real gold experience right there. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So we, we, and then after we, freaking you. <laughs> yep. we, yeah, we get a fucking end scene. This hasn't happened in a long time. Fuck yeah. It's just a. It, they could have just put the scene where they had the scene earlier. No, yeah. I actually. This is, lo- I, I actually love this here. Don't die bound by your past. I, like, I. Why did you seek this guy out? What does he give to your organization? <laughs> I mean, have you seen him? Clearly a stand user. Uh, yeah, you're right. There it is. He was just like, yeah, yeah. this guy needs to see Polpo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what really makes this scene for me is the music, the like up, the uplifting uh, Golden Wind music. Yeah. It's the like, it's that music, the the inspiration, the, the turning point in like a movie. It's good. Yeah. I fucking, I fucking love this scene. It's good. Yeah, as Abakio looks back at the dark alley behind him, puts down the the, the beer bottle and walks away with uh, Bucciarati. He's like, so, I'm going to go keep, I'm gonna go piss in a 15-year-old's tea. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so he knows who Bruno is prior to this meeting, right? That's the only explanation? No, I'd like to think that this is the first time he's met Bruno and it happened one hour before the the. <laughs> we, meet, we meet him in the cafeteria. <laughs> Join my team. <laughs> Uh, okay. Who are you? We can't trust him. He just became also, part of the team. Yeah, like, it, it would make me very happy if he was recruited literally the day before. <laughs> he hasn't out. put in his dues. <laughs> it, just, it makes him so much more of an asshole, and I really like that take. Uh, all right, Victor. How did you like the episode? This episode is something else. Yeah. I, Every part I, of it is astounding. Like I said, like, I... He, you go from scene to scene, and you're just Jackie Chan facing the whole time. Like, <laughs> it, it has the audacity to like end on that really touching and poignant. Like the, the, you're really feeling something here, and then you like think back to the rest of the fucking episode when you the just boat... had two boats overlaid each other, and you expect me to just accept that. <laughs> this is some real fucking wired Vex Caesar thing right there. <laughs> Two boats having sex. <laughs> Two boats having sex. Two chunks. And then don't die shackled to your past as they stand in the ring. <laughs> These are back to back. This is the same watch. man who who licked our main character and said, you have the taste of a liar. I had to watch Narancha deflate today. <laughs> I like to think that the scene ends with Bruno licking Apakio and like, you have the taste of a lover. (laughs) Use your words next time, big guy. (laughs) I I love that we also don't see any of the other members of the gang. No, no, they're reflating in the pipes. (laughs) No! It's not important. God. All right. <laughs> Thank you all for watching. Where can we find everyone? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Los Grantalinas. That's Los underscore Grantalinas. You can find me, Tim, at Big Blue Zerum, where I'll be posting uh, sweet thigh hide moody blues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at TF Waffleman, and you can find the podcast on Twitter at Joe Star All Stars. 
Uh, get your podcast episodes wherever you get your fine podcast episodes. Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, JoeStarAllStars.Fireside.FM. And if you want to contact us, feel free to send something to JoeStarAllStars at gmail.com or find us in the official, unofficial server, started by Dune, or Discord server, started by Dune that Grant tweeted out at one point. But I, have it, I have it pinned to our Twitter account. So, oh, cool. Yeah, if you, have, if you go to the JoeStarAllStars Twitter, link's right at the top. There you and, go. Uh, you know, leave a review, show it to a friend, spread the words. We really enjoy doing this, and we hope all of you enjoy this really stupid thing that we put out every week. <laughs> oh god, like this is an especially stupid episode. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I still like it. I yeah. I think this is a very good episode. <laughs> I, this, I had no idea what to make of this on my first watch through. Now I know exactly what to make of it. Why stop at the one first... boat? Why not layer two boats or even three? Oh, why, why only two? Why not three? Why not seven? I keep, I, create, I keep Mr. Trapped in number four because it's hilarious to me. When did this man find time to overlay the boat on the other boat? How did he know which boat they were going to take? I have so many questions. <laughs> he was just on the wrong boat. No, no, no. So many no. questions was, see, left that's, unanswered. That's why it was so important that Naracha was buying snacks. It held them up long enough for him to, mm. <laughs> to figure out. How did he move the boat? Do, or does it weigh less when it's deflated? How does it, like, does he have to, yes. like, position it and then deflate it around? How does that work? Like, I don't <laughs> Uh, don't worry about it. How did he get the inside hey. parts coded? Hey, I don't know. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just go. Cool. Good call. How, Remove how brain. did the inside parts come out afterward? Sex pistols <laughs> next episode. Six yeah, bullets appears. Six bullets. Oh boy, next episode is a fucking treasure. Mm, oh boy, already. y'all can't wait because y'all know what's happening, right? Yeah, I do ready. know what's happening. I'm mm-hmm. ready. Oh. Good. We show my Good. boy Mista, then immediately deflate him. It's time for him to fucking shine. Oh yeah, we get Guido Mista. Guido Mista. Porn star name. <laughs> Ooh, it kind of is. <laughs> Never it goes is. foursomes. All right, uh, thank you all for watching. This is Joe Star All Stars signing out for all of you deflation nerds out there. Say goodbye, JoJo. Goodbye, JoJo. As long as you're going to burn notice your way into a new life, why stop at your job? Just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm actually the groom at this wedding. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, it works, at a, it works at a job because nobody takes responsibility for anything there. If the if the, the, the mother of the bride does not recognize the groom, uh, maybe you don't want to be in that marriage anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to see that. Like that, that's a very good like SNL bit of someone just <laughs> pretending, like showing up to the wrong wedding and getting married anyway. <laughs> like that. that well, it's official, you know. That's a rom com right there. Absolutely. <laughs> you just oh. gotta find an arranged marriage where they've never met. Yep. Yep. <laughs> God, no, that is a rom com idea. They've never met and they're getting married, but one thing goes wrong when Matthew McConaughey shows up to the wrong wedding. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, all right.
<laughs> this summer in Till Death Do Us Part. <laughs>